Well, I hope everybody had a great Christmas. I know I did. I definitely ate too much. At one point I said, man, I am disgusted with myself, right? So fun, though, hanging out with the family and uh, revisiting everybody, getting caught up a little bit. And we've been in a series for the last handful of weeks. We're going to close up today called You Plus Hope, where what we said is we wanted to look at kind of all that comes with the season of Christmas. We said we don't want to just leave it there. We all are experiencing that season, but we want to tie it all the way back to the reality, the event of Christmas. And we said when we do that, when we look at Christmas as an event, as a person, as Jesus himself, then the whole event, the kind of the Christmas season has a whole new level of meaning, right? The presents and the gifts, it's not just materialism, it's not just consumerism. We look back and say, this is all about hope. It's all about Jesus. And man, when I can focus in on that and get a hold of that hope myself, the whole season takes on a new level of meaning. We said, we want to see that hope fire up in us again. And I think we've done that over the last handful of weeks. We said, we don't want to just leave that hope there. You know, we, want to, we want to get that hope inside of us, see that fired up, and then we want to bring that hope to the people around us. Right? We said, we want to take that hope in us and then give it to you, kind of the people that are in our natural path of life. And so we talked that through. And I think it's been exciting. We kind of saw that play out throughout the Christmas services, and then we want to close up our conversation today and take it another step further. I think our minds are all starting to move towards the new year, and we want to begin to talk about hope in terms of blessing. I think as we look into the new year, we tend to think of goals and what is God going to bring me in this year. And in general, we all tend to want blessing, right? At some level, we're all kind of looking to see maybe we view blessing in terms of health or wealth or responsibility, all kinds of things come to mind. But when we look out into the future, I think all of us would say, we want to be blessed. We want to have God's favor. We don't really know what that means, but we want to have that. And so we'll set things up like goals. At least I hope some of us are looking to have some goals this year. And maybe those will revolve around our health or our social standing or our family health. And we'll begin to kind of chase down blessing in major ways. And our culture would talk about that as well. Our culture would look at blessing and it would view it a little bit differently. And something fascinating happens in blessing when we look at it in our culture. What we tend to see happen is blessing sometimes is given to people before they're ready to handle it. You ever see this happen? This happens in our culture constantly where a young person is maybe gifted, maybe they're a young uh, starting musician or an actor or an athlete, and all of a sudden, because of their ability, because of the talent that they have, our culture will begin to pour onto them all kinds of, of blessing. They're at the center of media attention. They're given all kinds of influence, and all of a sudden, this person that was in relative obscurity now is thrust into the limelight. And now they have more money than they know what to do with, and more attention than they know how to handle, and more influence than they would ever know what to do with it. You ever see that happen in our culture? We're kind of notorious for doing this. It's fascinating when you start to look at blessing, and you start to ask the question, am I ready to handle blessing? Can I actually carry a blessing that God wants to give me? Is it possible that I'm not even quite ready to receive all that God wants to give me. It's amazing to find out that this is a reality. Listen to some of these statistics. I looked this up, this is all from Sports Illustrated. 
So looking, kind of tracking what happens to uh, professional athletes, right? These are people that we would all look to and say, oh yeah, these folks are blessed, man. They've got all kinds of attention, all kinds of influence. They get to, to play a sport for a living. That sounds like fun. And they have a, a ton of financial resources given to them. Surely they could take all of that blessing and they'd really be kind of set up for life. And this certainly would lead them on a path or a trajectory of more blessing. But here's the stats. This is fascinating. So NBA players, uh, typically they make about $5 million a year. 60% of NBA players are bankrupt within five years of retirement. Five years. 78% of NFL players are bankrupt or financially stressed within two years of retirement. 44% of lottery winners spend all of their earnings within five years. 70% of them will go bankrupt in their lifetime. A financial advisor who worked with lottery winners, kind of that's his area of expertise, said this. This is a quote. He said, winning a bunch of money doesn't build character. It reveals character. It reveals and magnifies all of the good and the weak traits that the winners live by. This is fascinating. When we look at blessing, we're not just talking about um, having access. This isn't prosperity gospel stuff. We're saying that God wants to make you rich. Not at all. Blessing, biblically, is this. It's always seen in terms of, of being blessed so that I might be a blessing to others. Sometimes that's in terms of financial blessing. Oftentimes that's in terms of responsibility. Let me give you a couple examples. So when you look in the Bible, the Bible will say things like this, that if someone is given a child, that's a gift from the Lord. Well, that's fascinating because getting a, a child isn't necessarily easier, right? Blessing, we tend to think of a life of ease, but getting a child certainly isn't easier. Is it easier to raise a child to stay up night after night and kind of take care of them, change diapers, do the whole thing? No, we would all look and say it's better, right? It's deeper. There's more hope and there's more joy in that process, but it's certainly not easier. It's not the kind of blessing that we would typically look at and say, man, our culture portrays blessings. Once I have that, I won't have any more problems. The Bible says, man, if you, you get a child, that's a gift from the Lord. The Bible would also say something like this. If you find a spouse, that, that, that's a reward. It's a, it's a gift as well. It's a blessing. Is it easy to be married? Mm-mm. You look at the stats and half of marriages end in divorce. Is it deeper? Oh, yeah. Is it, is it fast? Is it one of the deepest human relationships you can find? Absolutely. The Bible would talk about leadership positions and say, oh man, if, if God has given you leadership or given you responsibility, that is a blessing. Why? How does this work? Blessing biblically is viewed this way. When I have the opportunity to care for another person, to care for a child or to care for a spouse or to care for people in the church or in leadership, then it's a blessing. Why? Because I get to give myself away to the people around me. I get to bring them help and hope enjoy, I get the privilege of taking care of others, and that is a blessing. It's fascinating. A few weeks ago, I talked to you guys about a blessing in my life. I told you guys I like to, uh, to chop wood. I like to cut wood and split wood. I have a wood-burning stove, and I thought I'd share one of these blessings with you. Um, 
few, few people ask me about it, so I thought I'd bring a picture. This is one of the blessings of my life. Yeah, that's a beauty. That's my wood pile right there, and I love, uh, love wood. It's a big blessing. Oh, I got a clap out of that. I know it's disturbing, yeah, that some people show pictures of their children or their family, and I have issues. I know. I show pictures of my wood pile, but it's fun, right? It's, it's something that I get to do to bless others. I love it. That is biblical blessing, not the woodpile, the rest of it. Right? I just want to talk about my wood. I've had more conversations about wood over the last three weeks than I ever have in my life. Thank you. Thank you, folks. Appreciate that. So when we're talking about terms of blessing, here's the reality of it. Uh, it it's not so much is God, does he want to bless me? Because you know what? He does. God, do you know that? God wants to bless you. Here's the question. The question is more this. Am I ready to receive the blessing that God wants to give me. Because clearly some of these folks that we've seen in our media, they they weren't ready to carry it yet. They weren't ready to, to be able to steward or manage all of the abundance that God gave them yet. Right? And, and we could we could look at ourselves and ask ourselves the question: am I ready to steward or manage? Am I ready to carry the kind of blessing that God wants to give me? And what we begin to look at is that there's a reality behind blessing, maybe underneath blessing, that if I'm going to let this actually be a blessing in my life and not turn into a curse, then I have to go back and see some things that are going to happen underneath here And what we see is that there's a process that leads me into a place where I can carry or manage blessing. And I want to introduce you to someone here real quick. Her name's Anna. She's going to show up right after uh, the birth of Jesus. We get introduced to her story. It's in the book of Luke. We're introduced to Anna. You can go ahead and turn there in your Bibles if you want. It's page 716 in those Bibles underneath your chairs. And guys, if you don't have a Bible with you today or you don't have one at home, take one of those with you. We would love to just have, uh, give that to you as a gift and say thanks for being here. Page 716 of those Bibles underneath your chairs. Uh, Luke is telling us the story of Jesus and kind of how it all plays out. And there's a custom that Jewish couples would go through after they have a child. What they would do is about eight days after that baby was born, they would bring that child to the temple and that child would be blessed. And we're going to meet someone who, uh, who Jesus and Mary and Joseph are going to uh, kind of be met by, and this lady's name is Anna. Very few verses given to us, but we're going to find that she's a person of great blessing. This is Luke chapter 2, verse 36. Here's what Luke tells us. It says, there was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Peniel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after their marriage and then was a widow until she was 84 years old. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. So we would look at Anna, right? And at first glance, it may not appear that she is a very blessed person. But think about it for a minute, right? She had one of the unique privileges of interacting with the human baby Jesus. She got to see God face to face. 
And not only that, she got to see Jesus face to face, bless that child, interact with right, the human parents, so to say, and then she got to take the message that hope had come into the world, and she, she told the people that were looking for hope. One of the most amazing privileges, you look at the history of the world, there's only a handful of people that would have that unique privilege. Beautiful, wonderful. Can you imagine being her where you got to see Jesus face to face, bless that child, see your hope come? That's Anna's story, and we don't know how it all unfolded, but what I think we can see are some principles that played out that made Anna the type of person that could be trusted with a blessing like this. Now, there's, there's a process underneath here that we're going to see. I want to read you a handful of verses. You guys got to stay with me. I want you just to listen to these verses. You don't have to turn there, but listen to these verses. I think a few of them we have on the screen, and then I want to talk through this process. In the book of James, we hear, I think, this process talked about, that before blessing comes this, this process of working things out. James chapter 1, verse 2 talks to this. James says this, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. He says, let perseverance finish its work. Why? So that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Not lacking anything. He says, when you face these trials, I I want you to let Let perseverance work its way out. Choose joy in the midst of these trials, and you're going to see that it's going to take you to a different place. Let me read you one more, and as I said, we'll talk about it. Romans chapter 5, verse 3. Pastor Jeff read this during our Christmas services a few days ago. It says, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. And perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So here's the process I think we see playing out through these verses. That before I'm ready to carry blessing, before before I'm actually able to, to wield it in a way that's responsible, There's something that has to happen here and there's something that has to happen even underneath this that I need to become a person of character. That I need to have character before I can wield blessing and the way that character comes into my life, whether whether I recognize it or not, is through trials. It's through trials. This is how this works. We look at Anna's life and we can see that she had an unbelievable trial play out in her life. As a young woman, probably full of hope, she's married to a spouse and she loses her spouse. She becomes a young widow. I have no idea how painful that must have been for her. But somehow she was able to face that trial and chase after God, become a person of character, and she gets to enjoy the most amazing blessing that you could ever imagine. And so here's what we're talking about when we're talking about trials or sufferings, okay? It's everything from the trivial to the tragic. It's everything from having a rough day 
getting, on the wrong, getting out of bed on the wrong side of bed, right? Running into grumpy people and you're taking back Christmas gifts, right? It's that whole thing. All the way to uh, the tragic, where <clears throat> the diagnosis is coming, where my family's melting down, where Christmas this year is worse than last year, right? The family tensions are higher. It's, it's some of the most excruciating pain I've ever experienced, right? That's trial, that's suffering. When these things have come into our lives and they blow our mind. I remember Lori and I, we, we got married really young, and we got married at 20 years old. And uh, we were young and full of hope and full of kind of vision for the future. And I remember when we began to start having, trying to have kids, you know? And, and we... We're trying to have kids, and month after month, we would have these failed pregnancy tests. You know, in the first, first couple, I was kind of blowing off. I had to be fine, honey. You know, the first year goes by. And my wife, you got to understand, Lori, she is just built to be a mom. You know, it's one of the things that really drew me to her, is she is just wired that way, right? She's just going to be an awesome mom. It's one of her big dreams. And month after month, I'm, just, I'm watching this hope drain from her life. And I remember we go into the, the doctor's office. We need to start getting checked out and see what's going on. And the doctor sat down with us and he said, guys, I'm sorry, but you have about a 3% chance you're going to have children. You know? And I watched my wife take that in you know, and, and begin to settle in. And guys, the, the anguish of of infertility. We went through about four years of that. And in the midst of that trial, I just remember thinking, how am I, how are we going to get through here? How are we going to reach out for hope in the midst of a trial like this? How do we make it? How do we survive it? Guys, these trials, what I, what I couldn't see was where this was all going to lead us. And here's what I just want to make sure I mention. Because I realize some of us may be in a place where we are in the midst even now of unbelievable pain. There's a handful of us maybe even in this room that are suffering in ways that maybe we haven't in our lifetime. Because I just need you to know that you are not alone. That God loves you and he sees you. Whether you're in the midst of a divorce or a child going astray or in the midst of the loss of your health, or the loss of your job, or the loss of your financial health. And God sees you in that. And he knows you, and you're not alone. And, and that might be all that you're going to hear today. And if that's the case, that's fine. That, that might be all that you need for this day, because it's excruciating, it's at the tip of the, the pain point for you. It's for the rest of us, maybe you're on kind of the, the outer edge of a trial. We need to talk through how do we get perspective on this? How do we look at, at a situation where pain and suffering are, are kind of in the background? Maybe it's frustration, maybe it's limbo, maybe it's waiting. There's all kinds of trials, right? James tells us that there are various kinds. How do I look at my trial and not run from it, not dodge it? but face it and take it to a place where it builds character in me.
Here's, I think, two different errors that we can make when facing trials. One of them is this, is that I'm defined by my trial. I'm defined by my trial. That the pain of life is so overwhelming to me that it becomes who I am. I become a divorcee. I become someone that has gone through bankruptcy. I become a, a victim of a disease rather than somebody who God loves and who Christ died for, who happens to be in the midst of a difficult situation. I become defined by my pain. Another error that we can run into is that we deny our pain. We deny our pain. Where we look at the reality of a trial and rather than saying out loud or in our hearts that this thing is hard, that this is pushing me to the limit, I'm gonna live in denial and pretend like it's no big deal and pretend like it's not affecting me in significant ways. I realized this really when I, when I uh, started following Jesus, I, um, I've been through a handful of divorces growing up and I just didn't know that that affected me. I kind of thought it was normal, you know? And, and I would break down and melt down sometimes emotionally and sometimes I'd get angry and I remember looking eventually and kind of working through God's word and saying, you know, I'm in denial of this. This is affecting me. This pain is real. I'm like pretending that I can just move on and not deal with this. And the reality is I have to be honest and I have to say, man, this trial is seriously causing me uh, emotional pain. I can't be defined by it. I can't deny it. I need to do what James tells me to do, which is to face my trial and to choose joy in the midst of it. When I'm defined by my trial, I cut myself off from the path of blessing. When I'm denying my trial, I cut myself off from the path of blessing. When I walk through the trial, when I face it, Man, that's where character can begin to be developed in me. And what are we talking about with character? Here's character. Let me just take a couple things off the table. Character is not simply becoming a good person. It's not saying, I want to have moral fiber and just do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. It's being blown away by the hope that we find in Jesus. It's being blown away by the sacrifice of our Savior and in light of what he's done for us, it's saying, you know what, I'm gonna exercise character. I'm gonna look at the different components of Jesus' character and I want to become like Jesus on the inside. I'm gonna look at what Jesus has done for me and I'm gonna become an honest person as a result of that. I'm gonna respond by telling the truth. Why? Because Jesus is seeing me if I'm lying. He sees the words that are coming out of my mouth. It's being a person of integrity, right? It's being the same person at work that I am at home or the same person at church that I am with the guys or the girls. It's being, being one integrated person that shows up kind of the same person in every situation. Why? Because ultimately I'm trying to please Jesus, not whoever's in the room at that moment. It's looking and saying, I'm going to have the character of Jesus. I want to respond to God and say yes to him. I'm going to have the kindness and the gentleness that comes with following Christ. When I'm in the midst of financial pressure, I'm not going to cut a corner because I know that will take care of my trial and get me out of pain. I'm going to choose honesty. I'm going to choose integrity.
When I'm in the midst of persecution, maybe for my faith, I'm going to cling to Jesus rather than deny him. When I'm in the midst of the trial and I have the option to forsake God or curse him, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to move towards Jesus in the midst of trial, not away from him. This is what we're talking about with character. And the beautiful thing here is that character then leads to blessing. Character leads to blessing. When I'm in a place where I have character, now I'm in, I can understand what blessing is. And this makes so much sense. When there's high blessing and low character, that is a recipe for disaster. And really, guys, it's God's problem how much he gives us in many ways, right? I, I have no idea if you're, you will be blessed with a lot or a little. I have no idea. I have no idea how much responsibility or influence or financial resource God is going to give you. Here's what I do know, is that it's going to be a blessing or a curse to you based on how much character is undergirding whatever it is that God has put in your lap. That's reality. That's reality. And here's probably the thing that is blowing my mind the most these days. Is more and more as I begin to understand God's heart for us, at least just a little tiny bit, I'm beginning to see uh, that God himself longs to bring blessing into our lives. That doesn't mean we're always healthy. It doesn't mean we're always wealthy. Hopefully we're wise. But he longs to give responsibility. Why? He wants us to become like him. God is the ultimate giver of blessing. When he created man and woman, he put us on the earth and he said, I want you to rule over the earth. I want you to manage it. I'm giving this to you. I'm giving you this responsibility. I'm trusting you to do that and I'm trusting you to care for it as if I was caring for it myself and I long to see you bless others in the way that I have blessed you. Why? Because we know that it's more blessed to give than to receive. And this is where the fun is. This is where the joy, the deep stuff of life is. That when I'm a person of character, the definition of blessing begins to change in my mind. I begin to be sobered by it. I don't look at blessing and say, oh, when I hit the lottery, when I, when I become that guy, if I was a person of great blessing and influence, then I would really have all my problems go away. No, a person of character doesn't view it that way. A person of character is going to look at blessing and say, oh, God, oh, God, make me faithful in the midst of this. I don't know if I can carry all of this. The weight of responsibility to, to, to be entrusted with the life of a child, to be entrusted with the well-being of a bride or a husband, to be entrusted with responsibility of leading others. God, I don't know if I can be faithful. I know my weakness and I know my failings. Character isn't about being perfect. I know who I am, God. I don't know if I can carry what you've given me. Lord, if you want to give me more, I'm going to trust you to lead me through it just like you led me through the pain and just like you created character in me, God. I'm going to trust that you're going to hold me up to be able to extend farther than I've ever extended before because with blessing, guys, it comes temptation. 
Temptation for pride and temptation for lust and temptation for greed and temptation for ambition, right? The reality is that this life is not heaven on earth. Blessing is not to be given to be hoarded. It's given that we might participate in the character of Jesus who lived the ultimate blessing in giving his life away to the people around him. Hope. So what do we do with all this? How do we look at Anna's life? How do we look at hope and look at the process of blessing and walk away today? Guys, if you are here, if you're in the midst of trial today, I sit with a lot of people that are in pain. And let me just encourage you, if you are in pain today, the only thing that I would ask of you, it's just one thing, I don't want you to have all the answers or have all the perspective even. The, the one thing that I think you can do today if you're in the midst of excruciating pain is to invite God into your pain with you. And when Lori was in the middle of uh, suffering through infertility, we, we went through about four years of that. I remember we would read this book that talked about it, you know, and she would just cry every night. Right? I was a young seminary student, young pastor, and so I said everything I knew how to say. You know? I threw all the little Christian one-liners out there. Oh, it did so much damage. Oh, God's going to bring good out of it. It won't last forever. You know, I'd say all this stuff, and I was well-meaning, man. I was trying to be genuine, you know, trying to give perspective. I remember one night, I ran out of stuff to say. I kind of ran out of myself emotionally. And I remember looking at my wife again that night, crying again. I clearly was inept to lead her and to love her. And I probably did the best thing I've ever done, which is just grab her hand and lead her to Jesus and pray with her. Like literally just bring Jesus into the middle of this pain and say, Lord, I have no idea what to do. I don't know how to fix this. I don't know how to rescue this thing. I don't know how we're going to get through it. My heart is broken for my wife. I'm, Lord, help me. Guys, if this is where you are, the marriage is falling apart, whatever. My only encouragement is don't do it alone. Don't press God out of the pain. Draw him into it with you. And take him through the trial. And say, Lord, help me in the midst of this. I'm not going to deny it. I'm not going to be defined by it. I need you here with me. I think the next question we have to ask ourselves is, am I becoming a person of character? Is the character of Jesus showing up in my life more and more? Am I a person of honesty, integrity, kindness? If you got all the people that are in all the rooms that I find myself in, you put them all together where they say, oh yeah, that, that guy or that lady, they're... They're the same person kind of all the time. 
right? This is who they are. They're a Christ follower. They're gentle. They're loving. They're wise. They're caring. They're generous. They're honest. His character showing up more and more. Not perfection, right? Because that's not, that's not possible. That's why we need Jesus. But his character showing up. And then finally, depending on where you are in the midst of these kind of phases, I think these cycle through throughout our lives, are you ready to receive what Jesus wants to give you? What if even in this year, God wants to take you to places that you've never been before? And what if that's actually positive? What, what if... What if he wants to give you responsibility? Who knows what it would look like? It could look like all kinds of things. But what if he wants to give you blessing this year that you've never dreamed about, never thought about? And let me tell you, that will not lead to a life of ease, but man, it will lead to depth. What if he wants to give you leadership or influence or resource, and he's looking at you and saying, Boy, your character has to show up here or else this blessing might turn into a curse in your life. As my thought on this, I think, I think God longs to give us more of this, more blessing. And I want to ask myself, am I, am I ready to receive that? Am I ready to take on all that God wants to give me? And guys, all of this this whole process, it all begins with a relationship with Jesus. And if you're here today and you, you know that you've not started a relationship with Christ, I want to quickly help you know how to do that. If you don't know Jesus today, let me tell you what he did for me. I, I'm a guy who has sinned against God. Uh, I've failed him in all kinds of ways. And Jesus came to this earth, right, Christmas. He came and he, he died and he paid for my sin for my lies, for my pride, for my lust. He paid for it by dying on the cross. That's what his death was about. And when he paid for my sin, he made it possible for me to be forgiven. And his death paid for my sin, and now I can have eternal life, and he makes that same offer to all of us. He says, come follow me, and my crucified life will pay for your sinful life. And now you can enter into a process of becoming like me in character and in blessing. Because if you've never done that before, I would encourage you to do it. Wherever you are in life, comfortable or in trial, if you haven't said yes to Jesus yet, that's step one. So for the rest of us, I think it's recognizing where we are and saying, am I being faithful with these? Am I interacting and trusting God in the midst of trial, in the midst of character development, in the midst of blessing? Will I take the hope that God has given me and be faithful with it? I think that's the question for us today. As I'm gonna have the band come out, I just wanna pray for us to wrap up our conversation here and ask God to really to bless us as we move forward. Father, I want to say thank you. 
that you love us enough to not leave us the way that we are. Or you love us enough to, to use trials to change us. And Lord, we know that you hurt with us in the midst of that pain. That we're not alone. But Lord, thank you that you don't waste pain. You maximize it and you change us through it. Lord, thank you that, that you bring us through trial and you create character in us. Lord, I pray that for us more and more, that you would build the character of your son into us. I pray for my friends here that, or I pray that you would pour out blessing on their lives only to the extent that we have character to carry it. Lord, would you grow us? Make us the people that you long for us to be. Use us, Jesus. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.